Welcome back to the Mompreneur Space Live Show podcast, which is a weekly show where the host, Kenneth Chu, brings on different successful mom entrepreneurs each week to share insights that can inspire and help other future mompreneurs. In this episode, Kenneth has invited Natalie or Rachel, who is a trauma therapist and an educator, where they will be talking about mental health, motherhood, and me. Without further ado, let's welcome Kenneth Chu and Natalie or Rachel. Hi, Kenneth. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. So,、um, how's your day so far? I know that it has been a long day for you. <laughs> it has been a long day, but it's been a good day. How about yours? I'm good. I'm good. So, so excited to really have you onto the show finally. And、um, before we start, right,、uh, there's a tradition that every guest get to post the question of the day out to the audience and also to the next guest before we can kick start with the show. So, are you ready to receive the question of the day posted by the previous guest before we can officially start the show? I'm ready. All right. So the question of the day from the previous guest is a bit long, so、uh, let me know if you if you can get it. So the question of the day posted by the previous guest is: Would you like to live in the world where human life is at the highest value in the creative society? So it's a bit long. Let me repeat again: Would you like to live in the world where humans' life is at the highest value in the creative society? So maybe a bit background about the creative society because the previous guest she talked about we are living in a consumer society where everything is about um、uh, money is everything is about selling and uh getting money uh for your own benefit and when she talked about creative society is is like everybody is caring for one another uh there's no agenda there's no intention everybody is like、uh, we are living in the village everybody care for each other everybody lending a hand helping each other like family members so this is like the creative society they are working towards too so she would like to ask you what would you like to live in the world where humans life is at the highest value in the creative society all right you got a question yeah i、okay. think i'd love to live in that world、yeah. if There was really good communication and boundaries.、Yeah. Then it would be a very beautiful world to live in. Okay, so you spend some time to think about it. Uh, uh, while I, I let me just check、uh, our audio, and I'll come back to you. Then you can just share with us with a very uh with a good answer for this. Okay, so let me just do a check first, and I'll come back. All right. Okay, good, good, good. I can hear you loud and clear. And also,、uh, are you ready、uh, to give us、uh, the answer to the question of the day, which is? Would you like to live in the world where humans' life is at at the highest value in the creative society, and why? I think I would like to live in a world where there was this sense of of community and and connection and equality, as long as there was really clear communication and boundaries available.、Um, I think being able to ask for what we need and say no is a really essential piece of creating、um, a world like that where harmony is really possible,、um, and and so that that balance can really exist. So yes, I think that would be a really beautiful world. I don't know if it'll be one that we reach in this lifetime. But it's a nice idea. Yeah, thank you very much. And now we can officially kick start the show. And I like the part where you talk about harmony, like really harmony and balance. Ah,、uh, this is really ideal, and I believe that all of us are working towards that. So, ah,、uh, maybe ah、uh, before we start, right? Ah,、uh, you can maybe you can do a short introduction of yourself. Where are you from? And currently, ah,、uh, where what are you doing now? And ah,、uh, how many children you have? So that um for the audience audience that are seeing you for the first time, they have a A bit of background about you. 
Sure. Well, my name's Natalia Rachel. I'm originally from Australia, but I live in Singapore and I've been here for nearly five years now. I'm the founder of Aluma Health and I'm a speaker, educator and therapist. And I'm a mama of two beautiful children, Violetta, who's eight, and Harlan, who'll be seven in a couple of weeks' time. Wow. Good, good. So what were you doing previously uh, before you start your own company? So before I started this company, I was working as a therapist um, here in Singapore. And uh, for many reasons, I was inspired to, to start this business and grow it. But I wasn't always a therapist. So actually, my first career before I had children was in was in brand and marketing and copywriting. And wow. I had a, a business back in Australia. But when I had my first child, my daughter, it didn't feel like that's where I wanted to put my focus. And so their early years were about them. Um, and they were also about me going on a pretty deep healing journey. And it was my healing journey that then inspired me to retrain as a therapist um, and also what then inspired me to go on and, and try and bring more healing to more people by creating Illuma Health. Wow. So it's it's really a very drastic change, right? From branding, marketing, and suddenly, you 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 had a like one hundred eighty degrees change and into healing, which is because from from what because I'm also doing branding and marketing is a very hectic a lot of you will need to digest and and uh, use a lot of brain juice and suddenly you went to mm, healing and watch <laughs> you I do not know so what what makes that change were you like having uh was it too hectic for you burnout in your corporate world that's why um uh that that you decided to slow it down um, uh no however before i started my own business in sort of marketing branding writing i did have deep burnout in corporate world mm. but that was before being a mother so i shifted into creating my own little business um but when my daughter was born, I just wanted to love her. Mm. And so all of the brand and the business just felt meaningless. And I was not well when she was born and I only had so much energy and I wanted to give it to her. Wow. I didn't want to give it to my business. So I kind of, I stopped and it was a big turnaround because actually when, before she was born, I said, oh, I'm just going to take six weeks off and I'll be back working full time and growing this business. And I was so sure of myself, but the moment I saw her, I didn't want to do that. Mm. Um, and then I, I, Thought that I would go back and I did a little bit of writing uh, but actually after my second child was born my beautiful boy I became very very sick mm. really really sick um, and so that caused this sort of stop in my life and it took me on a really deep healing journey of my own I had mm. to figure out how to live in balance and harmony, which are words that came up before. I had to figure out how to be here and how to look after myself and how to be a mum. Mm. And I think once I figured that out, then I had to figure out, well, now how do I add in a business? Because I have a very entrepreneurial spirit, but this time the business was, you know, an extension of my my healing journey and the desire to, to bring healing to more people. Mm. I, I, I like the part where you were... Uh, you are a women entrepreneur and because of motherhood your business model start to change and, and the business that you are in uh, shifted into into um, something that, that is aligned with your life your health your healing and from that uh, you see that there's an extension 
that you could reach out because you have learned so much you have you have healed yourself at the same time you you realize that hey this is an opportunity to help others who were in your your shoes before is that so is that what you saw and that's why you decided other than healing yourself you decided to to do this extension yes i think through my own healing journey i had all these moments of epiphany where i was like oh that's why i'm like this or like this i understand so much more deeply um and I, I just wanted to study. I just want. I was. I just was, mm. had a thirst for it, and so I started studying. And I wasn't really sure at the time what the intention, like where it would lead me. But the moment I got my first qualification, which was as a hypnotherapist, mm. I started getting a line of people interested to see me because I think they'd been watching my own healing journey, which was quite a profound complex journey um so then there were clients and before i knew it um i was a sought after therapist and then i realized hey one therapist can't help everybody now mm. how can i create a business model where a lot more people can be supported and so over time that's grown to you know having having a range of therapists um some of them that i train myself uh, and also starting to teach mm. uh, and, and then also creating content and online courses too so i'm trying to find uh different ways um different pillars and methods that people can be supported in, in their journey of healing and self-discovery and, and growth wow it, it just started from your 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 thirst or your hunger for learning and learning more about uh, therapy and healing and you started with hypnotherapy and it spin off to to something that you you basically there's a demand that was out there and I, I guess your your marketing and branding background as a profession uh, back then does help in your in your uh, I would say your healing career right your your healing business. Absolutely, I, I think I have a good handle on words. So mm. so words, you know, being able to write about yourself and talk about yourself in the right words is really helpful. Uh, and you know, earlier you said, "Wow, marketing and branding is so different from therapy." In some ways, yes, but in some ways, no, because it's all about understanding humans, isn't it? And the psyche, yeah. and what makes people tick. Um, so in, in that sense, there's a deep connection. So I often see parallels. Mm. So is, is it because like you, you talk about hypnotherapy, you also understand um, the different conscious level of human beings. And that's where it makes your... Uh, makes your marketing strategy tick is, is that is that uh one of the factors that help you uh i i guess so i don't really think of myself as marketing when i'm healing but mm. i do think that marketing is a form of hypnotherapy which is really oh. interesting but i think in in this case i'm i'm using my words and my intention to support people to heal and grow and thrive, not to buy something. Mm. Uh, so, so that's the main difference. There's a strong, I guess, uh, desire to impact. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you because when you come from that space, healing space, you are helping and serving people, uh, which should be the way uh, so that you can uh, you can influence and inspire people with your words, and that's where they will come and check it out. And if you are coming from your own story coming from your own experience i think it will resonate with them because it's storytelling right so for marketers marketing is, is about storytelling so why 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 in the space of um the trauma informed culture that you have shared with shared with me so why in that space uh, maybe you can share more about what do you mean by trauma informed culture 
Okay, so one of the pillars of our of my brand Aluma is that we do corporate mental health programs and consulting, so culture transformation. And one of the things I'm really passionate is bringing a trauma informed approach. So many of us have experienced trauma, and when we have unresolved trauma, it really changes the way we experience the world, and it also changes the way we relate to each other. And when we look through the lens of trauma, we can learn to develop a much greater degree of empathy, so to be able to understand other people's experiences, uh, and also to start to engage very compassionately. Um, so something, for example, in a, in a workplace is that people get called toxic mm. if, they're, if they're acting badly, bad behaviour. But I, I really don't like the word toxic. Most toxic behaviour actually comes from somebody that's actually feeling a sense of threat. Mm. And so if we bring this trauma informed lens to understand well why is somebody behaving a certain way then we can engage in a way that starts to promote them to feel safe so when we talk about trauma-informed culture we're really starting to explore the why behind everyone's experiences and develop ways that we can live and relate to each other that promote harmony and safety well because when you talk about the toxic thing right i, I i've been wondering because i was from one okay, one of my employees, I shall not name, uh, very established, uh, established corporation, and it was very toxic. And you talk about like why, why are they spreading toxicity, tox, to, uh, toxic, or even having a that like, toxic culture? Uh, it comes from what you mentioned. Uh, what had caused them to be that, right? The negativity, the, the maybe they have some traumatic experience, and now um, they are imposing it. Or spreading it, so yes. so when when you talk about that, is, and 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 you talk about you do a lot of corporate trainings uh, and uh, introduce this uh, trauma informed culture. Is it very much needed in the human resource? Um, I would say space. I believe it's really needed. It's a very new realm. Um, so some people think, oh, trauma, I don't, I don't want to bring trauma-informed anything to work. Trauma is a dirty word. Mm. Uh, but yes, I think it is really needed because often what happens with, I guess, toxic culture is that somebody is being toxic and engaging from a place of threat. And mm. we usually respond either with more threat, mm. so we'll threaten them, or we'll just disconnect and ignore it. And either way, the the toxicity spreads. Mm. Uh, trauma and threats spread like wildfire. So when we bring a trauma-informed approach, we start to understand what's going on and we engage not only with empathy and compassion but with boundaries and accountability, which is often something that's lacking in many relationships, not just workplaces. <laughs> so there are all these moving pieces. The pillars of the work that we do in corporations are empathy, compassion, vulnerability, wow. accountability and respect. Mm. And, and this, this are, these are the... What, do you call them values? Uh, are they really much values? They, they are values. I think they are the things that we need uh, in order to relate to each other beautifully. And I believe that if we could learn to relate to each other from these values or pillars, the world would be a very different place. Mm. And I and this is something that uh, why I'm doing what I'm doing because I, I, I saw that, like you talk about compassion, empathy, uh, and for me, another thing which I feel that even for mothers, uh, mothers who are, who are entrepreneurs like you, um, you guys are filled with love, compassion, and empathy, and love. And, and this is something that I, I think this will help the world 
to be balanced and 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 like I like the part where you talk about harmony. I I guess I I believe that love, compassion, and empathy basically brings that harmony together. Uh, we are not harming each other. We are loving each other. We are helping each other in that space of love, compassion, and empathy. And I that's that's where um. I believe like even for mothers, even for women's are going to be change maker of the new economy. So having said that, uh, it, was it hard to introduce this to corporates because as, especially in Singapore, um, of the Asian culture, because of the stigma uh, uh, behind or uh, um, about trauma, about um, all this bad experience of, about this toxic, because maybe the corporation might not, believe or might not think that they are having this toxic culture so how was it a, a difficult thing for you i mean yes and it still is um <laughs> you know it, it, it is a little bit of a battle but rather than consider it a battle i just let the work speak for itself mm. so usually usually what happens is someone either sees me speak or read some of my content or engages with me in one-on-one -on -one work and then there's this moment of, oh, yeah, this totally makes sense. Now we're going to bring it on. So I always think when we're trying to create change in the world, we cannot force it. Um, you know, we really have to create resonance uh, with dynamics. And it's only when someone comes to me and says, Natalia, we're ready for this. We're, we're, we're in. We want to do it. Let's do it together. That's when we can go in and make a change. So I'm never going to force this work on anyone because it goes completely against the principles of everything that I want to introduce. Yeah. And, and you, you say one thing is they have to get it. They have to understand it. And they have to buy the idea that um, they can resonate and it makes sense. And that's where uh, you, you talk about, you You are also a speaker, you talk about um, topics that is related to all this. Um, so what makes you want to start this journey while maybe most mom may not want to go into this space? Because especially in Singapore, um, because of our high, um, high standard of living, uh, a lot of moms will want to find a, maybe a, a job that is more stable uh, rather than step into entrepreneurship and furthermore in this, in, in this space of healing. What makes you well, want to start this? Well, I guess I've I've wanted to be an entrepreneur. I have been an entrepreneur since my mid-20s. So this is my third business. Mm. Um, so I just I'm a I have that spirit. I, I want to create and grow. I have that energy in me. And I think some people have it and some people don't, and there's no good or bad. So I'm following who I am. Mm. Um, in terms of healing, I guess when I started there was just this line out the door uh, and, and people want it and they need it. The world needs all the healing it can get right now. Mm. So I want to, I want to support that, that to happen. Mm. And from a very personal place, like I briefly mentioned, I was very sick for a really long time and I experienced a lot of trauma. And I think that had there been a business like mine back then or had there been people speaking about mm. these topics my life would have taken a very different turn uh, so I almost feel like it's a responsibility or a duty uh, to share what I know so I'm very very purpose-driven yeah was it do you think that is it would be better if you are back in Australia that's uh, if you if you were to pursue this than in Singapore because the culture is really different and uh, I would say people are, might not be that receptive in, in, in Singapore than in Australia? 
You know, I, I, I can't really answer that question. My whole career as a therapist and as a, as a founder in the, in the mental health and trauma space has been here in Singapore mm. and it's been growing beautifully. So it has been well received. Mm. Um, and I think I've been in just the right place at just the right time. Singapore has been the most supportive space to be a mompreneur mm. um, because there is um, a good lifestyle here. It's safe. I have help in my home. I didn't have any of these things in Australia. So mm. if I had been back in Australia, I would not have had the support and the freedom that I needed to go on this journey. Um, so I actually think this has been the best place to start. Wow. You, you just make me realize that um, things happen for a reason and you are just at this space to do this this. Um, this business that, that will help even more people because you recognize that. And just now before we, we start, right, you talk about this, this hustle culture that we have and it's even much needed uh, for everyone to, to be informed uh, about the trauma or even having this balance, this um, healing and, and all this stuff. So what, what do you think that is the bigger challenge for working moms uh, in Singapore? I mean, balance. Um, we all have only so much energy. So as an entrepreneur, we have human babies and business <laughs> babies. And, yeah. and so we need to split our energy. And, and I think that can be really hard. Um, I also think it's hard sometimes having to choose business over children, which mm. happens. So, for example, sometimes I can't go to my kids' plays or things like that because I'm with clients or, you know, growing the business. And so that feels really sad. And, of course, often I might feel guilty. Um, so being able to rectify that it's a choice and that the choice has consequences, I think that's a continued process. Yeah, and, and coming to when we talk about the guilt, like mom's guilt, because for every guest I, I, I interview, we always talk about this mom's guilt. So for you as a therapist, how do you, your, how do you help yourself? Because you say that uh, at times you're struggling with your business. Should you spend time with your, with your business or spend time with your children? So how do you help yourself or how do you overcome this mom's skill? Um, I think twofold. One is, you know, I want to show my children a role model of somebody who is expressed and complex and empowered in her experiences. And for me, being an entrepreneur is part of that. Because um, I want to show them that that they can do anything that they want and that they can have successful careers and be wonderful parents if, if that's what they choose. And the other thing that helps me is that I know that my kids are so well loved and supported. They have other people in their life loving them so much and that are there for them when I can't be. Mm. So that really helps as well. Wow. I, I like the part when you talk about being role model. Because be, being an entrepreneur, you uh, you show a lot of, I would say, qualities. For example, being resilient, being disciplined, being compassionate. I, I, I guess all these values really set you for a good role model. Mm -hmm. And also you talk about, there are also other people that are loving them. Other than you, they are all in place. For example, uh, they, they are maybe their aunts, their uncles, their your in-laws and, and all of them. They are there to really support them and love them so that um, they will have all the love, not just from mommy's love. There's still other love that they could um, receive and embrace it and they can grow up uh, being, being better children or even being better adults in the future. So 
this this question I always ask I ask every guest right so what if you are not a mom would you be doing what you're doing now because you started uh, this healing journey because you became a mom your your health and all that stuff so what if you are not a mom what would you be doing and how would your life be I think I would still have a version of this business and this vocation but it might look a little different it would probably be a lot more international. So I think mm -hmm. if I didn't have children, I would be doing a lot of travelling. Of course, not not now through the through the pandemic. But if there was no children and no pandemic, <laughs> then I think there would be a lot more travelling. So I'd probably travel around and teach. But you know, I still hope to do that more when when the world changes. So I don't know if it would be any different. Maybe just different shades or different mm. different percentages of time. Mm, definitely. If, if let's say you're not mom, you might spend 100% of your time really into this, this journey or in this yeah. healing business. So good. Um, just now when you, when you talk about like it being international, right? So for mothers like you, um, in order to build the business to international, what do you think that is the quality that you need to bring it international? You know, Technology is so good now, right? We could be in any country in the world having this conversation and broadcasting it to all around the world. So I think businesses are international now mm -hmm. because, and, and particularly through the last couple of years, it, it's caused us all to merge. So I think perhaps that's a question that would have been more difficult to answer a couple of years ago. But for now, we are international and no one's been able to travel. So we're just working <laughs> it out. So I think to be international doesn't necessarily mean you have to travel these days. So I think it's very fun to travel. Mm. I, I think you are right because if it's much earlier, uh, maybe five years ago, this question mm -hmm. might be hard for everyone to answer. But it's ever since the pandemic, everybody worked from home, everybody embracing technology. Like even my dad and my mom, they know about Zoom. So, um, so that, that will be where um, I see that mothers, instead of doing a localized business, in fact, they should do an international business, especially for Singapore moms where we are bilingual. Most of us are bilingual or we are really good with English, uh, educated, uh, we are able to, to make it an international business. So, uh, and, and at, at the same time, just now you mentioned about, um, because you were in Singapore, I believe the infrastructure in Singapore allows you to do that because from what I heard from my friends from overseas, uh, our broadband, our bandwidth, our internet speed uh, is much stable, <laughs> much faster because like for Malaysia, a lot of my friends, they, they always got cut off. I'm, I'm not so sure about Aus Australia, but so far our internet connection, our infrastructure, even the cost of all this technology is still much affordable even for our mobile phone, our telco, uh, telco plans. Are still much affordable so what what would you think that if are the common struggles uh and challenges for mothers to start business especially for you uh, what are the common challenges and struggles i mean i think splitting our time and learning how much do i put to the business how much do i put to the kids how much do i put to me mm. um is, is really important i think that can be a struggle to find the ratio of time and balance and the other thing that i think can be a struggle is support because if we want to go off and spend a lot of time and energy on our career we need other people around who are going to support not only our children but us too and i think 
when we don't have that, that can be really hard. And as an as an expat mamapreneur, I do find that hard um, because I have my kids, their dad is an amazing support to them, um, but I don't have the in-laws and the parents and the aunties and uncles here, so that can be quite hard. I feel really lucky that I have an amazing an amazing helper. She's, she's, she's my right hand and I couldn't mm. exist without her and I have an amazing team at work and I have a handful of really good friends, but not having not having those roots and support systems can be quite hard. Mm, I, I believe that because today's topic is about mental health, motherhood and me. So we have covered like the mental health part, the trauma part and what, why is it needed now? And also motherhood, we talk about it just now. And me, because I, I, I find this topic amazing when we, when we kind of uh, have this, uh, uh, when you give me this topic to talk about, because a lot of time I realize that mothers always forget about themselves. They always place themselves, I do not know where, always place their, their kids as priority. So what, what do you think that the reason, what, what, what do you think will be the reason why mother always pay, play, uh, place themselves last? Or even sometimes they don't even care for themselves. You know, I think when we have children, it's a natural human instinct to orient to the children. So the the, the child is of us and then mm. it's here in this world and, and we're naturally going to orient to it. And we our job is to make sure that that little human is alive. And certainly as a first-time mum, that can feel quite, quite overwhelming and intense. And I think many of us, just stay there so it's like we leave ourselves and we orient to to our child um and particularly if we don't have really good family support mm. we have to that little child needs us all the time you know not so long ago we did live in villages and communities similar to what your last guest was talking about where there would be multiple families together yeah. and so there would be more opportunity to look after ourselves, but the modern day family doesn't necessarily support or allow that mm. in the same way. So it's very hard for mothers to look after themselves, but we have to adapt within the paradigm that we live and live and exist in. And so I think for mothers, learning that actually looking after ourselves first supports us to be better mothers and better entrepreneurs is really important, but we've got to work through a, the practicality of needing to look after our children and B, I guess, what we've learnt and the picture of modern motherhood is that we can do it all and the picture of a mamapreneur is that we're these superstars and we're not and we can only be superstars if we look after ourselves and often what we are talking about for also the guilt comes up mm. when we do that. When my kids were really young, like I mentioned, I got very, very sick and I was forced to look after myself. So I was all about the babies um, and my I got sick. So I had to learn, oh, actually, I need to accept help. I need to let other people chip in mm. and look after them or bring a meal um, and, and care for myself. And I wish that it hadn't got to that point for me to learn that lesson but that really shifted the way I exist and the way I care for myself so now I have zero problem taking myself off to exercise or to the beach for a walk or to meditate mm. and and let, let the kids be cared for by someone else so to me that was a, a very transformational lesson 
Yeah, uh, when, when you say that, uh, that, that just reminded me of my wife. She, she's going through that process, but it took her about eight years to really um, accept that, that she can trust me, can trust uh, uh, her other family members to really take care of our daughter so that she can go for her holiday, she can go for her uh, me time, she can still do what she used to do with her friends and that, all that stuff. But I, sometimes, I, I, like you mentioned, the mom's guilt is really, really, um, I would not say, is, is really the biggest challenge. This is why I, I hear. And with a lot of my f- good friends who are mothers also, they are, they are ladies, they are females, uh, I see that they are always very concerned that, oh, I'm the only one that I can, can help my, my, my children. I'm, I'm the only, way, only, only person that know what they want and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that, that really comes from the mom's guilt or it could be uh, when we talk about childhood, upbringing, it, could it lay, uh, bring it back because you talk about, because you're a trauma therapist. So could it be because of the upbringing, that's why they felt that they need to be a better parent? Is, is there any association to that? It can be. So it sounds like what you're talking about is fear. If I leave my baby with someone else, something bad will happen. Mm. So that fear comes from somewhere. Either they've been taught that that is true or it may be that that's happened to them, um, that, that they haven't really been safe. Something bad's happened when they're young. And so that's something common that I see. I work quite a lot with mothers um, that are go- that are kind of processing their early life trauma. And interestingly, it's very common when a woman becomes a mother mm. that her childhood trauma will surface to be healed. Because um, all of a sudden, what happens when we go through trauma when we're young is that we develop all of these coping and survival mechanisms to protect ourselves. Mm. And we kind of unconsciously hide the trauma inside of us. So we're looking after our inner child. And when our baby is born and all our energy goes to the baby, it's like all of a sudden our inner child is exposed. Mm. Um, And so sometimes the trauma starts surfacing. So if there have been experiences of either neglect or abandonment or abuse, they can start rushing up to the surface and if we don't take time to heal and make sense of them one of the most common manifestations is anxiety around the baby Um, and the other very common manifestation is anger outbursts just uncontrollable unexplainable anger outbursts so yeah this is something that's very prevalent motherhood is one of the most common things to trigger unprocessed childhood trauma for women Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, because when I was working for Motherhood Magazine, I need to consume the content, and this thing, um, this thing is one of the thing that 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 really trigger, trigger that. And you talk about the anxiety, and we often hear like mother and child always have this separation anxiety, which will we would we which will trigger, and uh, and it's not just between the, it's not just the mom. The the child will have this separation anxiety, right? Does children have that, like baby, do they have that or is it all coming from the parent themselves? I think, well, I think it's dynamic. Uh, So certainly the mother's nervous system has an effect on the child's nervous system. So when a a baby is born, it's reading and responding to its mother. So whether or not 
a child has separation anxiety is going to depend on how safe it feels in connection and out of connection. Mm. And there is going to be a big impact from the mother, uh, but also other other circumstances within within the little baby's world, whatever those might be. Mm, I think this is something very deep and definitely uh, if, if the mother, any mother that that's tuning in or watching the replay. Uh, if you guys are interested, you can always reach out to Natalia. And also at the same time, I see that we have Jin Ng. Uh, Jin Ng is in and Shu Yan is in. Thanks, Jin. So um, they're tuning in. So if you guys have any question, you can always post it in the chat. Uh, and um, later on, uh, if you have, still have time, I can uh, post it out to Natalia. If not, Natalia can always uh, come back to the chat and um, re reply them accordingly. So when we talk about uh, the challenges and the struggles, so what is your biggest challenge as a mompreneur? Like for you, what is the biggest challenge so far for you? I mean, I think it is the guilt. Uh, for example... It's if, always if, there, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's not always there. It's actually very rarely there. But, you know, occasionally my my daughter will say, oh, you never come to pick me up at school, oh. you know, something like that, you know, or the other mummies do this and A, B, C, D. And, and I might have to tell her, well, mummy has a job, mummy runs a business and I'm sorry. And so having those interactions and knowing that my kids feel it, that, mm. that feels hard. Yeah, so then, and, and that will be when, uh, you, because you know the techniques and, and ways for you to heal, heal it, right? So yeah. that's why that's why it's also important for a lot of mothers to learn all this technique, all these ways to really help themselves because it's a motherhood is a, a journey, right? It's a, it's like a marathon or it's a ne never ending marathon. Even your kid, even my daughter now she's twelve, but I'm still as a parent. Even my wife she's still worried. She's still, uh, like worried that she has no food, no drink, no water, and a lot a lot of stuff even to this age. So I, I guess this is an ongoing journey, and if you if they know uh, what are the ways and technique, uh, they will be able to overcome this. Definitely, it will be useful for them. So um, time really flies, and um, and maybe you can uh, share with the audience how can they get connected with you because uh, like a lot of things you talk about the mom's skill about being a role model, having the anxiety. Uh, definitely, there are a lot of audience or even a lot of mothers they do not know how to. Uh, especially for mompreneur because you are juggling both business like you, you mentioned in the beginning like um, business is like a, your baby and your, your child is still also like your baby so it's very hard for you to separate them together so um, a, any uh, maybe you can share with the audience how can they get connected with you and uh, um, how they can get access to you Sure. The, the best two ways are via LinkedIn and Instagram. So on LinkedIn, you can just find me, Natalia Rachel. And on Instagram, my handle is uh, at Natalia underscore Rachel underscore change. And I post lots of content on there about healing from trauma and transformation. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Natalia. And for those who are watching and tuning in, uh, you can go to the description. It's already in, I've already included it in. If not, uh, later on, I will also put in the chat. Okay, so uh, now is also the time for you to post the question of the day out to the audience and also to the next guest. So Natalia, what will be your question of the day? It could be anything revolving around what we are talking about today, or it could be something that is about motherhood. It could be about your business. It could be anything that you're passionate about. What would be your question of the day? My question of the day is, if you were going to choose three ways to self-care, 
what mm. would they be? Okay, so let, uh, can you repeat again? So let, uh, uh, slowly so I can write it down. If you are going to choose three ways to self-care. Mm, going to choose three, three ways, ways to self-care. To self-care. What would they be? Okay. What would they be? Okay, so let me repeat again. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if, you, if you're ever going to choose three ways to self-care, what would they be? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this question of the day goes out to the audience and also to the next guest. So uh, last but not least, um, Natalia, what would be your last advice for the mothers who are sitting on the fence thinking whether they should step into entrepreneurship or not? So what would be your last advice? If you're considering stepping into entrepreneurship, I think choosing uh, to be very intentional around where you put your time and energy and knowing that a lot of it has to go here uh, to make it work is really important. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Natalia, for your last advice to all the moms. Uh, for those who are watching uh, the replay, you can, uh, I hope you guys have all these golden nuggets and all the gems that Natalia have shared with you. If you guys would want to find out more about, uh, about, um, about trauma, about how to overcome your guilt, you can always reach out to Natalia, Rachel on LinkedIn or even in Instagram. You can also check out um, the link in the description. So uh, last but not least, um, thank you very much, Natalia, for making time. I know it has been a long day for you. And thanks for um, uh, accepting my invitation uh, to share um, about this space uh, to create awareness. And especially this month, uh, there's a, yesterday, was it yesterday? Yesterday was the mental health awareness day so uh thanks a lot for for coming on to the show i i didn't I, I didn't realize that it's just one day after that so thank you very much and appreciate your time so i'm kenneth here signing off with natalia uh thank you guys for watching mompreneur space live show podcast and i will see you guys next week thank you very much thank you everyone thank you natalia thank you bye bye